0: Hello everyone! Happy Monday. Thanks for tuning in. Talk Bookish to Me is the podcast where readers gather to talk about books, share recommendations, and chase that five-star feeling. I'm your host Gwen, and today I'm joined by Ashley from Ashley's Little Library on YouTube. We're going to be chatting about small-town thriller books and sharing some recommendations. Fall is right around the corner some people have already dubbed. It's already fall, Gwen. It's already fall. I know what you're thinking. Not quite yet, but it is right around the corner. So it's time to start thinking about your fall reading plans, and I think these would be perfect to add to your TBR this season.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Ashley, and I agree. It's fall now. Fall starts (laughs) right now for me um my channel name is ashley's little library you can find me on youtube on instagram sometimes when i get bored you'll find me on TikTok. tock just sort of depends on the day but i mostly read spooky books is how i typically describe my taste i like to read mysteries and thrillers and horror books but i also have a weird segment of my reading that is just speculative things or romance just to mix it up every now and then and bring a little light to all the dark things that I typically read. But yeah, that's a little bit about me and super excited to talk about small town thriller books
0: today. Yes, I also want to give a huge shout out to my night owls. They've been so supportive and it's been super fun getting to know them. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, I'm talking about my patrons. That's right, you too can become a night out. I'd love to have you join. Patreon allows you to become an active participant in this podcast community by offering you a monthly membership. It's $5 a month, and as soon as you join, like the minute you decide to do it, you gain instant access to over 100 exclusive posts, including bonus episodes, behind the scenes stuff, reading vlogs, printable recipe cards, polls you can vote on. I offer so much more, but really, if you're looking for a small, tight knit, and growing bookish community, check it out. The link is in the show notes. Always, I like to ask my guests a few questions to get us started. So, Ashley, what's the last book you gave five stars to
1: the last book i gave five stars to is a perfect representation of that other weird part of my reading that's not mystery mystery thrillers and that is called unlikely animals by annie hartnett i don't even remember how this book came on my radar i think i randomly found it browsing somewhere one day but it was just such a beautiful story You follow this woman named Emma Starling, who when she was born, she had these magical powers, potentially magical powers, of healing people with her touch. And so she's like this famous little girl in the town. She grows up. She ends up going to medical school. That's sort of the path that she saw for herself because of that. But she ends up realizing her life's not going the way she thought it would. She decides to drop out of medical school. Her dad is dying. So she comes back home to take care of him he is dying of a degenerative brain disease. So he starts having these hallucinations of animals and this naturalist from their town named Ernest Harold Baines, who uh, was known for having animal friends in his life. And it's just this really sad, heartwarming, quirky type of story that I just absolutely loved. And it came into my life at the perfect time. That's
0: awesome. Yeah, I was like wondering, like, where do the animals come into this? Uh, That makes (laughs) sense. Um, Very interesting. So what book has been on your TBR the longest? And why haven't you read it yet?
1: Probably Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte. Bronte, I don't even know if I'm saying the classic <laughs> author's name. right. I just get so intimidated by classics like so many other people do. But it's just a classic gothic story that I've got to read. I'm really going to try to do it this October. So hold me to it. I will have it done by the end of the year.
0: Ooh, that's exciting. I like kind of putting these questions out there because number one, like I said, I'm always chasing that next five star. So I want to know what was everybody's last five star book. And then I ask about the TBR and it's so interesting because then I check in with people like, hey, have you read that book yet? (laughs) So I'm kind of calling them out. I mean, I should call myself out too, but who freaking knows. Um, The next question I just really like, and I thought, you know, you told your answers to me beforehand. So I already know, but I was so shocked by this answer. So it's... So pick your poison. Um, Who's your favorite author or what's your favorite book?
1: Yes. So I decided to pick favorite author. And I'm not surprised that you're surprised because I don't talk about it a lot. I just hate to claim a favorite author because, you know, it's just nerve wracking. What if it changes and they release their (laughs) next book and it sucks? It's just hard to do. But my favorite author that comes to mind is Stuart Turton. He writes these historical mysteries. He's written, I think, just two books so far. I've read both of them. They were both five stars for me. He has The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle and then The Devil in the Dark Water. And I don't know what his plans are for anything coming up next, but I need another book from him. They're just so atmospheric and so good. And they have this like classic mystery feel to them, but it's in the modern kind of writing style. And I just love his stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, like I said, I was... I would never have guessed that to be your answer.
0: And I guess like it's hard to ask someone like their favorite author or their favorite book, but I just like to get people thinking. And I think readers take it different ways. Like for me, you know, one of my favorite authors, Taylor Jenkins Reid, I've loved all of her books, you know, Um, but Mm -hmm. Riley Sager, I consider him a favorite author as well, but I've had some real duds from him. Yeah. So You know, it's just, it's different for every reader what they consider like their favorite author. But like I said, never would have guessed this. (laughs) And I have heard things about both of these books. But the one that intrigues me the most, if I were going to pick up one, is The Seven and a Half Deaths. Um, But I've heard it's quite a feat because it has a very interesting storyline. There's like, is it time Mm -hmm. travel? And I know there's like this person that like gets in different bodies of different people and they're trying to, because I guess Evelyn Hardcastle dies every single day.
1: Yeah, it's like a Groundhog Day type of story where there's this big party, Evelyn Hardcastle is murdered at it. You don't know who did it, but our main character gets to relive the day over and over again in the bodies of different guests at the party. So it's like speculative in that way. It's uh, ambiguous as to why that's happening until the end when you figure out what's going on. But it is a little tricky for some people. People either love or hate it. I'm definitely on the love side, but I totally see why some people are like, "Eh, it's not for me. Well, we both
0: know Jordan from Sorry Book Solid. She's been on the podcast before, and she was on another podcast called Books to Last. And she mentioned um, the premise of that podcast is that you pick five books that you would take with you to a deserted location. And that was one of her picks. And the reason why she said that is because she kind of wants to have time to digest that story because it's just Mm -hmm. so much so i guess i've just always been intimidated by that book since then
1: i think i just read it in a couple days you can definitely get through it Uh, okay
0: maybe i'll try (laughs) maybe i will try so jumping into our current reads i'm not actually currently reading anything i finished the last housewife by ashley winstead a couple hours ago and Ooh. I haven't jumped into anything because I'm going to be participating in your 24-hour a read read-a-thon. It starts tomorrow Woo-hoo. night at 8 p.m. And I was like, maybe I'll just take a break because I have to edit the podcast. I might go to the movies tomorrow. It's like, maybe I'm just not going to pick up anything until I dive into the buddy read. Um, but I have quite the history with Ashley Winstead. Um, <laughs> in My Dreams I Hold a Knife. I enjoyed it, okay? I didn't hate it or anything like that. But it was so average to me. And I, yes. think I just bought into the yes. overhype. It was it's just so average. <laughs> it was like a dark academia, past and present timeline, a group of friends from college. Someone dies, and then they come back for the reunion, and they're trying was to figure you? out what really was happened. Yeah. Like, it- There was nothing special about it. it, It's not, I think just the overhype killed it for me. I might Mm -hmm. have rated it higher if I wasn't just expecting something fabulous, you know, but I think I gave it like, yeah, I was just like, did I wait too long to read this book or (laughs) what? So I love the cover, though. I will give it that awesome mm-hmm. cover. Um, and then earlier this year, well, Ashley Winston actually published two books this year. So she did "Full Me Once, which is like a contemporary romance. And then The Last Housewife, which just released. And earlier this year, I read "Full Me Once, and I hated it. Cool. It was rough. I mean, it was just <laughs> not for me. It was very political. Um, there was no good romance vibes in it. I was just like, what in the world? Yikes. So then I got very scared <laughs> to read this <laughs> when I was like, okay, didn't like her last thriller, hated her romance like what's going on? <laughs> but I was pleasantly surprised. I'm going to kind of bottle it up there because I do plan to talk about both of these books later this year on the podcast. But in case you don't know what the listeners don't know what The Last Housewife is about. It's about a woman that teams up with an old friend who is now a podcast host to investigate the death of her college best friend, Laurel. Her death is ruled a suicide, but there's some evidence that seems to the contrary. And as Shay Evans follows the threads of her friend's life, she's pulled into a dark, seductive world where wealth and privilege shield brutal philosophies that feel all too familiar. Familiar. Have you read this one, Ashley?
1: I have. What did you think? <laughs> I. It's very different from "In My Dreams." I hold a knife. Yeah, that feels like you're reading from two different authors.
0: It really. I think all three of her books. I'm like, I, don't, I have no idea what she would write next.
1: Yeah, I didn't read for me once. I read the first five pages and I saw the politics and I said, "No, thank you. I'm out."
0: <laughs> you were um, so
1: smart to do that. <laughs> But The Last Housewife, I think I gave it like two and a half stars, maybe even two stars. It was too dark for me, too brutal. It covers a lot of sexual violence, which isn't my favorite thing to read. And so it just wasn't really for me in that way.
0: Right. Yeah. And I love that it does have the content warnings right up front. To let yeah. people know, like, this book gets dark. I think it was yeah. exactly the type of dark I like and I can take. <laughs> so, yeah, I loved it. <laughs> um. So are you currently reading anything?
1: I am. I'm currently reading Mary, An Awakening of Terror by Nat Cassidy. This is said to be inspired by Carrie from Stephen King. And Nat Cassidy has this author's note in the beginning. And he basically says that it's this idea of what if Carrie never had powers and then grew up. I haven't read Carrie, I've seen Carrie in multiple variations of it, so I don't know how true to it that is. I'm also only like 50 pages into the story, but so far it's pretty interesting. You're following this woman named Mary, who is 49 years old. She's right at the tip of 50. She starts having all of these symptoms that seem paramenopausal. And so she's going to doctors and they're just telling her it's probably that. But it's a horror book, so there's obviously something supernatural going on. She's having hallucinations, she's seeing things, hearing things, she's got to go back to her hometown, and yeah, there's some mystery afoot. Very interesting. I
0: think that like Carrie is having a revival. There's all these retellings, it seems like mm-hmm. coming out like Tiffany D. Jackson has a book coming out. That's like a Carrie kind of inspired thing. And I don't know, I'm just like, okay, and I haven't read Carrie either. I have seen the old original, maybe not the original movie, but the old, old movie. Um, yeah, not yeah and they made they made a
1: more modern movie oh, remake of they? that too, a couple years ago. I think. Oh, I haven't so, watched that one. Yeah, it's a popular story. But I haven't come back to it yet.
0: Yeah. Okay, so let's go ahead and jump into the topic at hand. There's just something about a small town that creates the perfect setting for a thriller. Small towns are often defined by characteristics like a slower pace of life, family oriented events and values, proximity to nature and an authenticity that's not evident in larger places. Most small towns have developed unique personalities all their own, including the people that live there. They're usually remote, have less crime, and the neighbors are more welcoming that's what makes thriller in a small town so unique it's the balance of this like small cozy town atmosphere where something wild is going down so if you two like reading about murder mayhem and suspicious strangers then listen up we have some recommendations for you why don't you go ahead and get us started with your first one ashley
1: so my first recommendation is one of my favorite books of the year it was the first book i read this year and that is the burning girls by cj tudor This story is set in a small English village with a dark past and the town is called Chapel Croft. It has a lot of religious horror kind of blended in with this mystery thriller story. And I just loved the way those stories intersected. The history of this town is that 500 years ago, there were eight Protestant martyrs that were burned at the stake. 30 years ago, two teenage girls disappeared without a trace. And two months ago, the vicar of the local parish was found hanged in the church. You're following the new reverend who's coming to town, who's named Jack Brooks, a single parent with a 14-year-old daughter and a heavy conscience, arriving in the village hoping to make a fresh start and find some peace. Instead, Jack finds a town that has a lot of secrecy and dark past to it, and she also receives this welcome package, which is an old exorcism kit and a note that has this quote from scripture about secrets being revealed, And so you're following Jack and her daughter as they're getting acquainted with the town and trying to uncover its mysteries. They also start seeing ghosts. And so the whole time you're kind of wondering, is there something supernatural going on here in the history of the town? Is there a real life explanation? What happened all those years ago? What happened more recently? And you're also trying to figure out what's going on with the characters you're following and what their history is and why they came to this town and what secrets they might be hiding too. So I just really love this one. Um, It reminds me a lot of the show Midnight Mass on Netflix, which a lot of people have seen and loved, too. Just the way it has that whole creepy religious stuff in it, too. And, yeah, I thought it was just a really great little cozy, quaint English village that has a very long, extending, dark past. It's kind of the cool thing about an English village, too, is they've got a longer history than we do in small-town suburbia America. So if you're looking for something a little bit different... I would really, really recommend that one.
0: It's so interesting. You said Jack Brooks, and I immediately thought it was a guy, like a a guy's name. So that just shows my (laughs) bias right there. And then when you said she, I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's like the perfect trick.
0: I hate that when I assume things. Same thing happened to me. First one I want to recommend is The Monsters We Make by Callie White. It is a rich atmospheric family drama set in the 1980s, which I love that time period for some reason. Maybe it's Stranger Things. I don't know. Um, But it's following the disappearances of two paperboys from a small Midwestern town. It's August 1984 and paperboy Christopher Stewart has gone missing. Hours later, 12-year-old Sammy Cox hurries home from his own paper routine, red-faced and out of breath, hiding a terrible secret. Then you have Crystal, Sammy's 17-year-old sister, she's worried about the disappearance but she also sees like an opportunity she kind of wants to get into journalism so she's like "Ooh, maybe this is my chance to like (laughs) make this happen with the scholarship that she's working on and get out of their small town in Ohio and then you have officer Dale Goodkind who basically this happened in another town where he lived and he worked on this case and now he's doing the same thing in a different town now, what I love about this is that it is based on real events. Like, this really happened um, in Des Moines. I owe the register. That's, like, their newspaper name. Um, it was kidnappings in the early 1980s. And the two boys that um, the real story is were the first boys on the milk cartons with the, you know, missing. Oh. Have you seen me? So, it's based on a real story. It's not, like a typical thriller where it has like big twists and big reveals and all of that. It's kind of like more somber and like, I think parents would really be creeped out by this one. It's like one of those. Um, but I was engaged from start to finish. It, like I said, it was a quiet little book. Um, it's fairly short. It's like 272 pages. Um, but the thriller part or the scary part about this is it was just, obviously based on real events. So anything that's realistic kind of scariness is way more scary to me than something like supernatural, ooh, you know, ghosts and stuff oh, yeah. like that. Um, I do wish for my personal reading taste that it was a little bit darker because I've just, I just always <laughs> want to tip the scale just a little bit darker. But um, it was disturbing and gritty and I highly recommend it. It was so good. Um, Okay, what's your next recommendation?
1: Next for me is The Therapist by B.A. Paris. This was the first B.A. Paris book I've read. I think it might be the only B.A. Paris book I've read. But this is a story that follows this gated community. You're following Alice and Leo, who are a new couple moving into a newly renovated house in The Circle, a gated community of exclusive houses. It's everything that they've dreamed of. But appearances can be deceptive. As Alice is getting to know her neighbors, she discovers a devastating secret about her new home, and she begins to feel a strong connection with Nina, the therapist who lived in the house before. She becomes really obsessed with trying to piece together what happened to Nina, but nobody in the neighborhood wants to talk about it. They're all keeping secrets and things are not as perfect as they seem. I really thought this was fun because it sort of plays on the locked room mystery, which is one of my favorite tropes, but it's a gated community mystery. So you know something's gone down in the neighborhood and you're trying to figure out who did it. Um, BA B. Paris does a great job juggling the big cast of characters too, because there's nine houses in the community. They're all numbered one through nine. You get to know everyone who lives there. And you don't get lost in the story. It's easy to keep up with. It's a shorter book too, so you're not spending tons and tons of time with too many other characters. It's just a really good balanced story. And the whole time your head is just spinning, trying to figure out who knows what, what was the dark history that went down? What happened to this therapist? And I was pretty surprised by the end of it too, which is harder to do sometimes with a domestic thriller for me. I feel like sometimes they're a little bit more clean cut, you kind of know what to expect. But I was still surprised with this one. And I thought it was really engaging and fun and fast paced.
0: Another recommendation, I had to have an S.A. Cosby on this list. You guys know I love Razorblade Tears by S.A. Cosby, but I actually want to recommend Blacktop Wasteland because I know a lot of people picked up Razorblade Tears because of it being a Book of the Month pick like a year back. Um, But Blacktop Wasteland uh, follows this guy named Beauregard and his um, nickname that he goes by in the book is Bug, which I thought was like so funny and it always (laughs) sticks in my head. But he's a former getaway driver turned honest mechanic and family man he worked hard to get out of his life of crime but some people aren't willing to forget who he used to be And he is drawn back in the life when he is offered an opportunity to help his struggling family. They're asking him to do this jewelry heist. Um, It's going to be his last one. So it has that like one last job trope to it. And after this, he can walk away, pay off all of his debts and all of that. But the rush of driving reminds him who he used to be. And he might be at risk of losing everything that matters to him. This is the second book that I read by this author, um, and I love the humor of S.A. Cosby's writing. He has these characters that are like, I don't want to say quirky. Quirky is not the right word, and that's going to turn a ton of people off. But they're just unique, realistic characters that have flaws Unlike other characters that I've read, I don't know how else to explain it, but they're hilarious characters, too, especially like the side characters. He gives a lot of humor to them, and they'll say these one-liners, and I'm like, what? Like, only S.A. Cosby could say something like that and literally make me laugh out loud. Um It's considered like a Southern rural noir and it's like a gritty crime thriller, but I think you just remember his characters and this, And his stories like so much. And it was very interesting reading this because some of the highways and the towns and the shops that he was talking about, I was like, I know that highway. I've driven on that highway. I know where that store is. I know where that
1: intersection is. That's always so cool. Nice. Because you recommended that one, I had to recommend a book that reminds me of not that one, but Razorblade Tears, because I know you love that one. And I have read that one. And that is Winter Counts by David Heska Wambly Wyden. In this story, it's set on an Indian reservation. You're following Virgil Wounded Horse, who is an officer on the reservation in South Dakota. And he has had enough of being let down by the legal system and the tribal council. So he has decided to take matters into his own hands once heroin starts making its way into the community and his own nephew is affected by it and he's going out to stop the drugs from coming into the reservation, teaming up with his ex-girlfriend, by the way, which is a funny pairing to have, and making sure that the drugs do not come back into the community. Similar to S.A. Cosby style, this is a grittier book Personally, gritty crime books aren't my favorite thing, but I did think it would be a good pairing to recommend with the previous one that you just mentioned. It's also got a lot of really great social commentary around it about the American legal system and how it often lets down those who live on reservations, how they don't um, pay attention to the crimes going on or really help them, especially when you talk about how often women go missing in those communities and it just continues to get ignored. So I thought it was really interesting to cover an important issue. And it was also a pretty fun, gritty kind of thriller, if those are what you're into
0: yeah I think I do like those grittier books and the ones that almost feel like an action movie like you could see it playing out as a film totally totally so that definitely does sound like one so I'm going to have to check it out Uh, the next one I have to recommend is the Roanoke Girls by Amy Engel and with this one being a Roanoke girl carries a terrible legacy you either run away or you die (laughs) Um, for there is a darkness at the heart of Roanoke and when Lane discovers its insidious pull she may make her choice Lane Roanoke is 15 when she goes to live with her grandparents and cousin at the family's rural estate following the suicide of her mother. Over one long hot summer, Lane experiences the benefits of being one of the rich and beautiful Roanoke girls, but it all comes at a cost. Now, that is the bare minimum to kind of tell you, but let me just say, this book is pretty dark. And that like little description does that no justice at all. So expect some darker themes and topics with this one. But the novel really does illuminate the darkest aspects of a small community, what can happen behind closed doors, and how you really never know your neighbors.
1: I've got to get around to that one. It's been on my list for so long and just hearing you talk about it. I'm like, Ooh, how dark is it going to (laughs) get? Next up for me is The New Neighbor by Carter Wilson. This is a book I just read really recently from an author that I had never really heard of. I think I actually saw this because Stuart Turton, one of my favorite authors, was recommending it. So I was like, Oh yeah, I know I can trust him. I'll pick this one up. But in this story, you're following this guy named Aiden Marlowe who on the same day that his wife dies, he also wins the lottery. So he has this really extreme high and low all in the same day, and he's really superstitious about it. He thinks there may be a reason that it's happening at the same time. He starts like following signs and he decides to move his kids. He has twins who I think are seven years old, a boy and a girl, and move them to this new town called Barry, as in B-U-R-Y, because he's thinking of it as he buries his wife, which is really gruesome. And they go move into this really big house in this really small town. And it has some secrets behind it as well as most of these do in the community. And he starts getting these threatening messages sent to his house that says that we are watching you, we know your past. We know that you won the lottery. Um, So you're not allowed to leave now And all these different threatening notes. And he's trying to figure out who in the community is sending them to him. Who can he trust? He doesn't even know if he can trust himself at times because he is grieving the loss of his wife and having these blackout moments a little bit too. So it's just one of those books where, again, you're just your head's on a swivel. You don't know who you can trust in the community or the main character. I also really gravitate to books about grief. I just feel like they're so effective and just building a lot of emotion around it. And I was just really surprised with this one. I thought it was a lot of fun. I read it in like two sittings. I read a lot of it by the pool. So it was also a fun pool book. And this author too has another book called The Dead Husband, which is connected to this one. I don't know which one came first, but you don't have to read both of them to understand. And that book is also set in the same town and explores more of the history behind the house and what has gone on in the house. So I think I'm gonna pick that one up too.
0: Ooh, that does sound very interesting. This is one that was on your list. I was like, never heard of the author. Never heard of this book. Like, okay, So that sounds interesting. And I love how you stumbled across it. Like your favorite author, you know, your favorite author. Like, hey, check out this book. That's awesome. Um, Okay, next up, it's kind of like a classic, I think, Everything I Never Told You by Celeste Ng. This is set in Middlewood, which is a small, peaceful college town in Ohio, um, where pretty much it's like, classic small town. You know, um, you have the roller rink, the bowling alley, the drive-in. It should be like a safe place to raise a family. However, in this story, it's 1977 and you're following a Chinese-American family in a predominantly white town. Um, the dad, James Lee, is a history professor and the mom, Marilyn, is just like this pretty little wife. And they don't really like a ten- dinner parties or go to any bridge groups. Um, They don't have hunting buddies or luncheon pals. Um, When their beloved teenage daughter Lydia is found dead in the lake, and that's not a spoiler, that's literally on the back of the book, and it happens like in the first chapter, (laughs) um, they kind of investigate, um, you know, obviously what happened, and it exposes the bitter, tragic effects of racism and discrimination, and it highlights the question of like this mysterious death and what can happen in a small town. lot of like racism, you know, and discrimination, like I said. Um, So it shifts between the family's theories, and then Lydia's own story, which I thought was a great way to tell the story, um, and what led to her disappearance and death. Um, And then the conclusion is just, I don't know, I think it was devastating. Um, And what emerges is a deep heartfelt portrait of a family struggling with its place in history, and a young woman hoping to be the fulfillment of that struggle. In the end, it's about a novel about the burden of being the first of your kind a burden you do not always survive
1: it's another one gotta get to it
0: i've yeah. gotta get to that one yeah i read her other big book but i um, haven't the read the
1: little fires everywhere yes which and is then another she small has, town book uh,
0: yes it also is and then she has a new one coming out soon the one with the feather on the cover i
1: forget the name yeah Don't remember what it's called, but I can see the feather in my brain. (laughs) Yeah, like it has a feather. Okay, next up from me, we have The Perfect Family by Robin Harding. I feel like this is just a perfect, fast, fun, domestic thriller. If you're looking for something to fly through, you're following this family that seems perfect on the outside. There's a mom and a dad and a son and a daughter. They are beautiful. They're successful. Their kids are well-mannered. Their house is beautiful. They seem like the perfect family. But then they start getting all of these seemingly pranks happen to them. It starts with people egging their house, then there's like toilet paper. Um, toilet papering their front lawn, but then things keep getting more dangerous and it seems like they may be being targeted by someone. They start putting up surveillance cameras, but they aren't showing anything but shadowy figures in hoodies and the police are dismissing their attacks saying it must just be bored teenagers, but they are certain that someone is in on the secrets that they're hiding from one another. In this one, you get to follow all of their perspectives. So you see the mom, the dad, the son, and the daughter's perspectives. And the tension just continues to rise as you're waiting for their secrets to bubble up over the surface, which I find to be so fun. You start learning what they're hiding from one another. And you're like, oh gosh, (laughs) they're gonna find out. Like this is the moment, it's all coming together. So you get a lot of that, um, just that tension and buildup in it as well. And it's also just always fun to explore the dark secrets behind people who seem perfect on the outside.
0: Yeah, I love that. I've never read anything by this author at all. I've always like, oh, seen wow. their books. But somehow I have escaped reading. A Robin <laughs> Harding. So maybe this will be my first one. Because that sounds I love that, too, where you follow the multiple POVs. And then like, you start learning what their secrets are. And then you're like, Oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. they're gonna find out like you are saying. <laughs> I love that. Um, okay, my next recommendation is a flicker in the dark by Stacey Willingham. Um, this was a book of the month pick. That's how this got on my radar. i very happy that it did. Um, in this one, you follow Chloe Davis, that when she was 12 six teenage girls went missing in her small louisiana town and then by the end of the summer her father was arrested as the serial killer and he was put in prison prison um and then basically left with her and the rest of her family grappling with the truth and trying to move forward also dealing with the aftermath of now your father's a serial killer and in jail, like what the heck? And now 20 years later, she's a psychologist in a private practice in Baton Rouge. She's getting ready for her wedding. And she she's thinking like, I'm finally getting there. I'm finally getting the life I always deserved. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be safe. But then a local teenage girl goes missing and then another girl goes missing. And then that summer from her childhood comes crashing back and she starts getting really paranoid and like seeing parallels between what happened in the past and what's happening in the present. Now, there's only so many characters in this story, so it's not very hard to figure out what's going on. So... (laughs) If you're a seasoned mystery thriller reader, it's not going to be hard for you to connect the dots. And very early on, I had a theory and I carried that theory in the entire way through the novel. And I was right, you know, like I said, very easy to figure out. But there are some fun like surprises sprinkled along the way that I think keep it interesting. Um so don't try to go into it, you know, with your sleuth hat on and your little magnifying glass because you might disapp- – some people aren't disappointed. If, if they figure it out, they're like, oh, it was still good. I really liked the writing, um, and I was just along for the ride. You know, even though I had my theories, I was like, if I'm right, I'm right. If I'm wrong, whatever. But I just loved the writing, and I can't wait to read more by this author. I think this was her debut.
1: Yeah, I think they're making a movie of this one, too, I didn't I know that. I think it got adapted. I I might be wrong, but I think it's been <laughs> Reese Witherspoon's studio who picked it up. Someone picked it up. It's going to be I a movie, I wouldn't be surprised sure. at all, but
0: yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah, uh, I yay. can't remember.
1: I read this one, too. I can't remember if I figured it out or not. I remember feeling that way of like, oh, it's one of these two people for sure. I don't remember if I yeah. figured it out all the way, but I had fun with this one, too. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Awesome. Alright, next from me is Pretty Little Wife by Darby Kane. This one also came on my radar from Book of the Month. This is actually a pseudonym, I don't remember this author's real name, but they write romance, I think maybe historical romance, but primarily romance, and then this was their first attempt at writing an adult thriller, and I was pretty impressed with it. You're following this woman named Lila who lives in an idyllic college town, but everything is not what it seems. Um, Several students keep vanishing. A lot of these girls keep going missing, and now her husband has gone missing too. And people are suspecting that these disappearances might be connected. This is kind of one of those stories that feels really similar to a lot of thrillers where the wife goes missing and they think the husband did it, except it's flipped on its head because the husband goes missing and they think the wife did it. And you might also start to think that too once you start reading this one. Everyone in the small town is in an uproar trying to figure out where he went. He was the high school teacher in the town, so he's well-loved in the community, too. Except she's not really worried about it in the same way everyone else is. She's confused about her missing husband, but only because she was the last person to see his body, and now it's gone. I just love that hook for this story. I think it sets up such an interesting... Different kind of concept for a thriller. I thought she was such a fun character to follow. You didn't know if you could trust her or anyone else. And it was really, really fast paced. This is one of those stories that has super short chapters and they all end on like cliffhangers for the most part. So you're like, ah, I can't put the book down now. I've got to read another chapter. And then it does it to you again. I just love having that experience with thrillers and just being so confused and trying to chase it to the end. I think it is a little bit longer, It at, at least looks like a thicker book. I think the text is a little bit big, but don't let that intimidate you because it goes by really fast.
0: Yeah, I, I have read this one. And I remember that thinking like, oh, it is like the flip, <laughs> you know, the husband's <laughs> missing and stuff. And it does have that really good hook. So yeah, it's a fun, this is another one, it's not too deep, you know, just have fun with yeah, it. Yeah, just have fun and... with
1: it. It's a little bit cheesy, a little bit ridiculous. but yeah. don't take it too seriously
0: all right my last recommendation is that night by chevy stevens um this one is a little bit complicated um it is it has a very slow pace and i was not expecting that with this book because i've read other books by this author and they seem to go a little bit quicker um and this one had extremely long chapters which i'm not a fan of But if you want a darker version of Mean Girls mixed with Orange is the New Black then I would recommend this one. Um, And also some readers have compared it to Pretty Little Liars. So I just thought I would throw that out there in case that people like that. Um, So as a teenager, Tony Murphy had a life full of typical adolescent complications, a boyfriend she adored, a younger sister she couldn't relate to, a strained relationship with her parents, and classmates who seemed hellbent on making her life miserable. Things weren't easy, but Tony could never have predicted how horrific they would become until her younger sister was brutally murdered one summer night. And... Tony and her boyfriend, Ryan, were convicted of the murder and sent to prison. Now at 34, Tony is out on parole and back in her hometown. She's struggling to adjust to a new life on the outside. A lot of people think she did it, but she always said, I didn't do it. Me and Ryan had nothing to do with this. Um... So, I think it makes it pretty clear that they didn't do it, you know, and you're trying to figure out okay, well, what really happened? No matter how hard she tries, ignoring her old life to start a new one, it basically is impossible. So it shines a light on bullying and our justice system, which is one that you had earlier as well, um, and how failed it is. Um, The ending of the book actually shocked me and I enjoyed the small town, big secrets vibes of this one. It is a mix of two timelines. You have the timeline during the teen years teen years and then later during adulthood. So I think it's a great transition book for readers that read a lot of young adult and are looking to step up to like adult mystery thrillers, because it does have the two timelines. So like half of the story is YA, you know, and then half of it is adult. So that's a wrap on small town thriller recommendations. Hopefully we convince you to give some of these a try. Ashley definitely gave me some things to consider. Thank you so much for joining me,
1: Ashley. I had so much fun. Yeah, thank you for having me and you definitely convinced me to pick some of these up too.
0: Awesome. Talk Books to me is a bi-weekly podcast bringing you book discussions, recommendations, and literary topics galore. Follow me on Instagram at Talk Bookers Podcast. Rate and review the podcast on Apple and Spotify. Also, the link for Patreon is in the show notes, along with the links for Ashley's social media. Until next time, happy rating!